Just because the weather has gotten colder, you got flurries in the air, doesn't mean uh, riding season is completely over as of yet. If it gets a little warmer today or maybe even the next week, uh, going to be out on the bike. And if you want some uh, clothes, motor clothes, they're going to keep you warm. Wisconsin Harley-Davidson, they have them out in Oconomowoc, right between Milwaukee and Madison. Go to wishd.com. They had new bikes coming in as well. New inventory, I just saw on Facebook. Uh, they had some pictures of some of, the, some of the newer bikes coming in. Man, they got CBO, that really, really badass CBO that just came in a black and orange and silver one. Um, but uh, check out Wisconsin Harley-Davidson for, and for events coming up, too. They've got a lot of different events happening uh, go to wis w-i-s-h-d wishd.com that's wishd.com right off of 94 just south of 94 on highway 67 in oconomowoc you can't miss it from the road right next right next to the dockhounds new stadium that's wisconsin harley davidson going to tell them we said hi um with the games this weekend ben what's the bigger game okay you obviously have the big one coming up with uh, your interest in it, and that's the Eagles and the Cowboys. Eagles trying to stay undefeated. Cowboys 4-1. and one. It's for supremacy right now over in the East. You got the Packers after a loss in uh, in London, sitting at 3-2 and two with yet another team, uh, another New York team, staring down the barrel. Uh, if the Packers lose this one, suddenly we start to really question what they have. You got Cincinnati on the road in New Orleans. And Cincinnati's sitting at two and three. They lose this game, and I've said it before that the, t- the you know all of a sudden history starts to repeat itself, where the team that loses the Super Bowl does not reach the postseason the following year. That could be Cincinnati as they start to spiral. And then the big one coming up, four and one and four and one, the Chiefs and the Bills in Arrowhead. That's a huge game, and really for supremacy in the AFC. What's the bigger game that we have going on right now? What's the bigger story? Is it be, and I know the story itself nationally is because, you know, you got the Cowboys and the Packers, but the Ca- Packers aren't facing a big-time team. They're just facing, you know, uh, mediocrity, whereas the Cowboys, you know, are, are a big story because they're going in to face an undefeated Eagles team. But what do you feel my, the biggest story would be? Oh, I think it's Chiefs-Bills, no doubt. That could be for home field advantage in the AFC. Like, See, I agree with that. Similar to Packers-Bucks, although things have kind of changed since then where you felt like that game could really matter for who plays at home in the playoffs, I think this game in Kansas City will no doubt decide that. The Eagles-Cowboys game's big, but I don't know. Like, Dak's still not back. If the Eagles lose, they're still good. The Packers game, I think, is bigger than a lot of people nationally will talk about because for what you said, if the Packers lose, like, that changes a lot of things. I think there's some other stories that nobody's really paying attention to that we should. Uh, I think very quietly... If the Vikings get a win this weekend, they're five and one. They're five and one, and you got to pay attention to them. They'll be five and one. If the Forty ers get a win, they'll be four and two. Over there in the West, and very quietly playing good football with Jimmy Garoppolo, they'll be four and two. You know, again, if the Buccaneers get a win, they're four and two, and I don't think anybody really has a ton of belief in the Buccaneers right now, even though Tom Brady's at the helm. But I, you know, I, I think there's some games that really quietly we're not paying attention. And also, look at the Rams. If the Rams get, let's say the Rams, God forbid, they get beat by the Panthers. Let's say the Panthers get their second win of the season. East Coast to West Coast, they do the unthinkable and knock off the Rams. The Rams will be two and four, and they're they're not necessarily their postseason hopes, but their divisional hopes. 
maybe even wild card because then they're wild card after that. Because if you look at a four and two versus a two and four, that's a that's a world apart, man, in the National Football League. So it, it's there's a lot of big games this weekend for specific reasons. That start you start to look at playoff pictures that things start to mold to a certain extent into shape, and you look at the psyche and mentality of teams. You know, you're talking about two teams, the Rams and the Bengals. If both of those teams lose, both of those teams will be two and four coming out of a Super Bowl just nine months away, just nine months ago. You know, there's there's some real interesting storylines to the games this weekend in the National Football League. Um, Rick says if the Packers fall uh, two games behind the Vikings, that could be hard to overcome. I agree with you. 100% I agree with you. And that means that you not only have to catch them, then you have to beat them and hope for tiebreakers along the way. Because in essence, if you're going to get ahead of them, that's a three-game lead. As it stands right now, you're two games behind them because they hold the tiebreaker. I I completely agree with you, Rick. You you Right now, you can't afford a stumble. And that's why, I mean, I don't think there's a lot of people looking at the Packers-Jets game as some kind of pivotal game, but I am. There's a lot of pressure on this game. This early in the season, five games in, six games on the docket, the sixth one on the docket, this is almost a must-win game for the Green Bay Packers. It's not in the sense of whether you will or will not make the postseason. And I've said all along that, you know, to me, I don't care if you get in as a wild card or win the division. But if you're going to talk about winning the division, this is almost a must-win. Almost a must-win. I'm not saying it is. I'm saying it's almost. But it's a big game coming up this weekend. No doubt about it. And then I think there's signature games to look for. You know, does Josh Allen again get over on the Chiefs? Can the Chiefs stop what is the machine of the Buffalo Bills? Big game for Jalen Hurts. Is this his is this his prove it game right here? You know? Is this his prove it game? Big game for Aaron Rodgers. You know, after the ineptitude of the offense last week, all the questions that are being thrown out, big game for Joe Barry and that defense as well. I think a big game there. Kirk Cousins, I mean, I don't they're not going to face Tua. Looks like Tua, even though he's been back at practice, he has not been cleared as I as I know of yet, right, Ben? Correct me if I'm wrong. Correct. I believe he has not been cleared yet. Yeah, I don't. I I don't know if he's going to be cleared. I know that. Uh, I know that uh, their backup was uh, quoted this week as saying, "I'm I'm the starter." So I don't know if that meant something in the, uh, of the effect of. He's been told that, no, he's he's going to start or just that he's going to take starters reps throughout the week. But Skylar Thompson, you know, he's he's all excited. It's all Skylar Thompson all the time right now. So I, I don't know if he's going to, you know, lead them to victory or not over the, the Vikings, but that's a big story. But there there's, there's some really good – if you look close enough, there's some really good storylines in the NFL this weekend, without a doubt. 877-867-1670, If you want to find us, please go ahead and do so. Uh, Tua and Teddy Bridgewater, both still in concussion protocol, according to uh, Mike McDaniel. And if Teddy is cleared by tomorrow, uh, he will apparently back up Skylar Thompson 
if he's not clear, Reed Sinnott will be elevated from the practice squad to back up Skylar Thompson. So in other words, Tua is not going to be back in this game. While Tua has been at practice, he's not even, they're not even going to risk putting him in this game, coming off of the uh, back-to-back concussions. So how about that? Skylar Thompson, the man. He's a man. But really interesting stuff, man. Uh, Speaking of that, how is this all going to affect betting? And we're going to talk about uh, some locks, some bets, some things on the on that side as uh, Potawatomi, brought to you by uh, Potawatomi Hotel Casino. We're going to talk with Matt Mitchell of the Action Network. He is going to join us coming up next. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about some of the cool storylines and how the quarterbacks will or will not affect the betting line. Stay tuned. we got more coming up right after this. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Show. We are so glad to have you on board today. As always, this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Burn Pit Barbecue. BurnPitBBQ.com. Veteran owned right here in our own backyard. Go to BurnPitBBQ.com. That is BurnPitBBQ.com. Joining us now over on the hotline, our buddy Rob Reichel is here. And Rob, man, I, I did not realize, I read your piece, I did not realize that Aaron Jones is on a trajectory that could uh, net him a gold jacket if all holds true. Man, good stuff. Well, I appreciate that. I'm glad someone's reading, Billy. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, someone had shot me an email about a week ago comparing Jones to Gale Sayers, and I, I started investigating just, you know, obviously Sayers, the the, the great Chicago uh, running back in the, in the, in the 70s, and you know, Sayers had his career cut short and, you know, only played seven years in the league. And and so I compared Jones, where you know, and, and, and Sayers is in the Hall of Fame. So I compared Jones to another running back then, to Terrell Davis, who everybody remembers well around these parts, who killed Green Bay in, in Super Bowl 32 and was Denver's best player when they won back-to-back Super Bowls in 97 and 98. Um because Davis had his career cut short too with knee injuries by after seven years. So, you know, Aaron Jones is approaching a stage in his career where two guys, you know, Sayers and Davis played seven years and still wound up in the hall of fame. And and it is miraculous, Billy. And I won't bore all the listeners with, with all the, the stats and the details, but, but Aaron Jones is very comparable to those hall of fame running backs in several categories. He dwarfs them in some others. He's very comparable to Jim Brown the all-time, you know, what, what, what's arguably who's arguably the greatest running back in the history of this league. Aaron Jones is comparable to him in some stats. I mean, Aaron Jones' numbers are, are lining up right now. Like, if he can do this for 10 years, and he's obviously in year six right now, if he can keep this going for another four or five years, he's going to wind up in the, in, in the Hall of Fame. And, and the premise and the point of my story was just, you know, not only is, is Jones heading in that direction and not a lot of people – know it or talk about it or discuss Aaron Jones among the the Saquon Barkley's and the Dalvin Cooks and the Christian McCaffrey's of the NFL you know the elite running back um you know but but Aaron Jones is just underutilized in Green Bay he's at 12 carries right now uh per per game this season he averaged 10 carries a game last season um I get it there's a fine line because he's a little guy he's about 5'10 210 
So you, you, you've, you've got to play, you know, a, you've got to be careful with him and monitor and, and limit his touches at some point in time to make sure he's around for January football. But, but where, I, where I went in that story, Billy, is, you know, if Green Bay doesn't rely more heavily over the next two months on, on Aaron Jones, you know, getting to meaningful football in, in the playoffs in January to have a home game or two at Lambeau Field, it just might not happen in 2022. After the quarterback, Aaron Jones is by far their most dynamic player on offense, their best player on offense. He's one of the five best players on that football team. And, and, and he's, his numbers are, are historically great, and the Green Bay Packers just need to lean on him a, a lot, uh, you know, a little more uh, than they have so far, and certainly a lot more once we get to November and December if they want January football to be meaningful, Billy. I, uh, I was starting to go through some of those numbers, and I was like, wow. When you start to get into the comparisons, uh, the question then becomes, why do they tend to forget about him and his dynamic capability? I mean, he looks, don't get me wrong, I still like A.J. Dillon as the, the two and the one-two punch, but it seems like there is so much dynamicness and big pro, big play capability in Aaron Jones. Why do you think they just forget about him? It's a great question that nobody has answered in the six years that, that Aaron Jones has, has been in Green Bay, Bill. I mean, you know, you, you think back to week one, he had five carries in the loss to Minnesota. You know, last week in the in that loss to the Giants when, when they had the lead and they should have been running the ball and hammering things away with, with Jones and Dillon. You know, Jones only got 13 carries. Dillon got six. They threw the ball in that game 39 times. They ran it just 20, so about a two-to-one pass-to-run ratio. Um you know, I, I get it at times in the last four or five years when when there was were far more gifted wide receivers in town that that it made sense for Aaron Rodgers to want to throw the ball sixty plus percent of the time when he when he had a five time Pro Bowler like Demonte Adams to lean on when he when he had a Jordy Nelson when he had a younger Randall Cobb than than he does right now but but that's not how these 2022 Packers are kind of configured bill they're they're a team that should be a 50 50 split they're their best two offensive players after the quarterback are 33 and 28 and they should be leaning on these two guys heavily and and when matt lafleur gets to a podium on a monday and 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 says it, it was inexcusable or it was my mistake that we forgot about the running back that that that's just not good enough i mean matt lafleur is an incredibly smart guy and now now whether that's matt lafleur or whether that's aaron Rodgers changing plays we're, we're never going to fully know, I guess, in, until Matt writes a book at some point in time, Bill. But, um, you know, w- whatever it is, they, they've got to get everybody on board over there kind of with the same game plan, that the way the Packers are going to win in 2022 is not throwing the ball two-thirds of the time to Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard and, and, and Robert Tunyon and Romeo Dubs and people like that. They're, their way to win is to bang away with these two stud running backs they have uh, the remarkably explosive Jones, the hammer and Dylan, uh, a really good offensive line to, to clear the way, and and then you know try to keep their defense uh, you know on the sideline I guess as much as possible with that strategy, and then hope the defense plays better than it has uh, you know the last couple of weeks. And and if they can do that, Bill, I you know I still think they're a they're a 12 win football team that can win the NFC North. But but if they can't get that element figured out, especially on the offensive side of the football. You know, now you're starting to probably talk about a 10-win team that's fighting to win the division and, and could end up a wild-card team if they can't get those problems solved. Talking with Rob Reichel, Forbes.com, Conley Media as well, at Rob Reichel over on Twitter. 
Um, so let's look at this defense. Joe Barry yesterday talks about aggressiveness. Uh, I thought Spoon did a great job of asking the question, why has he played 50 snaps so far this season off receivers back in zone when really he's much better at press man? So the, the question is, do you think things get more aggressive beginning this weekend now that they've had a chance to take a look at this and really kind of be highly criticized for playing so soft? I think Joe Barry was called to the principal's office this week, Bill, and and and, and Matt Lafleur told him, like it or not, he's playing more aggressive. I mean, the real question becomes how how are they almost a third of the way into the season, and 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 this is the the type of defense that Joe Barry has trotted out there, uh, you know, time and time again. There, there there were a lot of red flags when Joe Barry came to town, and and I'll be honest, I I thought Mike Pettin got somewhat of a bad rap. He he took mediocre talent in. In, you know, two years ago, and he got him into the top ten in the league in defense. And and Joe Barry, we know his his track record and his his, and his history. And you know, both Washington and Detroit were were not impressive. Um, and and what he's done with this group, because I mean, let, let's be honest, Green Bay has top five level talent on the defensive side of the ball, maybe even better than that um, right now. And uh, you know, on that roster, and and the numbers aren't atrocious, you know, Bill, by by any stretch of the imagination, but. You know, it, 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 at the same point in time, it, it hasn't been good enough, and it, and it was really, really unacceptable. Of, you know, in terms of the aggressive level and, and how they play top to bottom in, in that Giants game last week. So, no, to, an, to, to answer your initial question, I, I have no doubt about it. They'll be far more aggressive come Sunday against against that group uh, that that the Jets are going to trot out there. Um, they absolutely have to be. They, you know, I don't, I don't know if you heard Matt Lafleur just now. Finished up about 45 minutes ago. Rashawn Gary, it's, it's it, you know it's it, it, it's not trending in a great direction there. That could be a blow to the defense, but certainly in the secondary, those guys have to get up there. They have to challenge far more. Um, it's how Alexander plays best. It's how Stokes plays best. It's, it's how Rasul plays best. And and again, the fact you and I are having this discussion on August, on October 14th that uh, you know. This, this is what Joe Barry has shown the world through for, through the first five games. Is again, it's it, it, it's not good for it's not a good look for Joe Barry. Uh, talking with Rob Reichel of uh, Forbes.com and Kylie Media. So uh, I want to go back to what you talked about uh, regarding the the Matt Lafleur and the offensive play calling. The I, I was asked earlier this week, is this fixable? And I said I don't think it's fixable, but it can get better. Because you don't have Devontae walking through that door. There's nobody of that ilk that's going to come through there. You're going to get Sammy Watkins back, you would assume, at some point. But I don't think it's fixable. But I think that there's more dynamicness to this offense than they're allowing us to see at this point. Would you agree? I, I, I'm not sure. You know, I, I, I'm really not. And, I, I, again, where, where do you get the big plays? Where do you get these chunk plays? You, mm-hmm. You've seen them try to open up the passing attack and go downfield and, and have almost no success with that, you know, wh- whatsoever. Christian Watson's the guy who could could obviously do that. But now, you know, with him being dinged up again, it's going to be another setback. You don't know when you're going to get him back. You know, how much can you really count on him in, in 22? The answer may be almost, almost, you know, nothing at all. Um, again, Bill, I, 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 I don't know if it's 100% fi- fixable. I think it can be adjusted. The key to all of this is to get the quarterback to buy in that, you know, they're not going to win football games the way they did in 2011, the way they did in 2014 when when Aaron Rodgers looked around and, and, and he saw Jordy Nelson and Greg Jennings and, and Randall Cobb and Donald Driver and Jermichael Finley. It, that, that, that's not going to happen. This, 
this group is that is not gifted enough to do that. But you know, you, you take a week like last week, they land in London, and Aaron Rodgers tells the the media in London, "Get ready for an aerial show." Well, th- th- this isn't a football team that should be you know focused on aerial shows. They're, they're, again, their best players come on the offensive line and in that running back room, and 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 that's the way they need to win football games. So. None of us are ever going to know again how many plays Rodgers is changing at the line of scrimmage. He's obviously given the canned plays, and, 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 as your as your listeners well know, which gives him, you know, he can then change the play at the line of scrimmage. He, he's given that ability and that and that option. And Matt Lafleur is never going to criticize him, you know, even when he changes things and and they go go awry. But um, you know, Aaron Rodgers also is is not an offensive coordinator. He's not a head coach. I'm. And I'm sure there's a big part of Matt LaFleur deep down, as much as he loves having a four-time MVP quarterback under center, as much as that you know makes his life easier at various times, there's got to be a big part of Matt LaFleur also that says, I look forward to the day, we, you know, two years down the road, three, five, one, whatever it is, when I have somebody else under center and I send in the play and he runs the darn play, right? I mean, that's, the, you know, when, you, when you're a head coach and you believe heavily in yourself and you trust your offense, that is what you want to see your soldiers out on the field doing, and, and Rodgers deviates from that. Um, again, what percentage, we'll never know, but he does it a great deal every single football game, and and uh, and he would have to assume the typical change is, is run to pass, and, and Green Bay needs to get to an identity, almost like that 2003 team bill that Brett Favre kind of bought in on, and, and and they ran the ball like crazy that year with Amon Green, and Green ran for almost 1,900 yards that season, and, and they ran the ball that year actually more than they threw it. Green Bay's offense needs to, to, to start trending in, in that direction. You know, Favre bought in on that 20 years ago. Rodgers needs to do the same thing now uh, because, again, I, I do think they can be a highly successful offense if that happens. I don't think they can keep winning when, when Rodgers wants to throw the ball two-thirds of the time. Before I let you go, uh, the first 20, 25 plays, things seem to be really smooth. What do you think has happened in the ability to adjust? The second, I mean, when you score 65 points in the first half and only 27 in the second half, and two of those points are given to you on a safety, what has happened in the second half of football for the Green Bay Packers? Great question. Absolutely great question. And, And you look at it, right? They're blank last week against the Giants. They're blank two weeks earlier against Tampa Bay. They, they only put up a field goal in the second half against the Bears. They only put up a touchdown uh, in the second half against uh, Minnesota in week one. The only decent second half of football they've played was in week four, which which would probably be the last week you'd pick when Matt LaFleur and, and Aaron Rodgers probably got the better of Bill Belichick after halftime. It, 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 I, I don't know that answer right now, Bill, other than you know teams are taking away what Green Bay is relying on early in the football games. And a lot of that has been short and intermediate stuff. And then, you know, you take the Tampa Bay game, for example, or you take the Giants game, you know, these corners are creeping up on, on Green Bay's wide receivers and taking away a lot of the short and underneath stuff. And, and they're forcing Rodgers to go and, and, and take more deep shots in the second half. And, and the success level that Green Bay has had there has been incredibly minuscule. So, um, you know, a, a, a lot of what the Packers have, you know, succeeded with early the, 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 the halftime adjustment by the opponent's defensive staff. They're saying, well, let's take this away and make them go to option three or option four or option five. And Green Bay just hasn't had that card in the deck that they can lay and play 
and 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 come back and, and get something positive to happen on offense. So so Matt LaFleur's got to be better clearly this week. Aaron Rodgers has to be better when it comes to these second half adjustments. Um, or or you're gonna see this this trend undoubtedly continue, Bill. They they've gotta find some answers, you know, when when the opponent says, All right, fine, we're gonna take away Aaron Jones or fine, we're gonna take away Alan Lazard or Robio Dubs. They 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 have to have some success going to that next guy, uh, you know, kinda down the you know, d- down the down the ladder there, and if, if if they can do that, things should should roll. Um, this hasn't been a big problem with Lafleur early in his career. It is it is right now, and and it, and it is a kind of a critical point for him because he has to get it fixed. Great stuff, Rob. As always, buddy, I appreciate your time, and we'll talk soon. Okay. All right. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Bill. There you go. That's Rob Reichel. Good stuff. Uh, I'll repost that article that he wrote uh, over about Aaron Jones. I think it's a pretty solid one. The numbers and the comparison and such, I'll put it over there on Twitter and I'll drop it over on Facebook as well on the Facebook fan page. Go to Facebook.com slash The Bill Michaels Show. Find it over on Twitter at Bill underscore Michaels. He alluded to the fact that Matt LaFleur had some things to talk about, uh, specifically defensively related today during his presser. Uh, We are going to give you that presser coming up next. Stay tuned. More of The Bill Michaels Show next. This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.